what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Hello and welcome to Brothers in Tech here on the Mesh.TV podcast network. My name is Alan Jackson. I am one of the two brothers in tech that we will be talking with today. And with me, as always, I mean, honestly, it's been this consistently every episode, uh, is my brother in tech. Yeah, you have not found another brother yet. You haven't found another brother brother to replace me, right? Just a brother in general. It's uh, Brian Jackson. How you doing, Brian? Good, Alan. How you doing? You Good. look tired. You look tired, man. You know, you, you probably need either to, to, to work out or to, I don't know, take a nap, right? So which one are you going to do? I'm going to go with the nap. And uh, actually, <laughs> I, I may, I'm just going to turn this episode over to you as well. I mean, so we've been talking health and fitness, and so we got started on the last episode talking about home and family technology when it comes to health and fitness needs. And uh, we talked about the idea of wearables. On the last episode, kind of, this is one of our first deep dive episodes on the idea, though, of health and fitness. And we're going to dig a little bit into the idea of mobile applications, mobile apps that are really meant for helping you track, monitor, and understand your health and fitness metrics that you're gathering uh, and using. Uh, Before we jump into that, though, just as a quick reminder, this show is all about helping those of you that are the the go-to IT person in your family or circle of friends. Or maybe you are the person that is relying too much on somebody else to be your IT person and you'd like to start being a little more self-sufficient. Whatever that case may be, welcome to the Brothers in Tech. We're glad to have you here. Brian and I just get together and talk technology. This is what we do in our free time in general. So we decide to stick some microphones in front of us and start recording it for posterity. So that's what we're doing. But we are uh, taking a topic each each month of uh, episodes that we have. And this month's topic is health and fitness and uh, the technology applications towards that. Brian, as we established in the last episode, is really our health and fitness guy. I am not, so I get to play a little bit more of the pupil. While Brian, I'm going to hand over the teacher baton over to you and let you talk us through this. Uh, Let's talk mobile applications for use in health and fitness applications. And Brian, uh, where do you want to go with this? How do we want to start this off? Well, I think it's only important that we kind of restart the whole episode here by me talking. So hello and welcome to Brothers in Tech, the brother in tech uh, for this particular episode. Um, no, actually, Ad, I think um, although, you know, you you played down the fact that you didn't really add anything to the last episode and I'll agree, um, but you uh, you did at least kind of. Uh, allow me to uh, to talk, which was great, and to to ask some. I, some I nodded my head, prompting questions. In places. Yes. You only fell asleep probably twice, which I thought was was outstanding you know for that long of an episode. Asleep with my yeah. eyes open. So. <laughs> well, I thought I thought what would be helpful today is talk about, as you said, apps that we could have, specifically mobile apps, because you know somebody may not have an interest in getting a uh, a wearable but yet would still like to be able to uh, see if their technology can help them with their fitness, uh, their health or their fitness. And so I thought it'd be, it'd be cool for us to talk about, well, just in general. So if, and there are so many health and fitness apps out there that it can be daunting, right? You go in and you, 
jump into something that you realize is not really what you had hoped it would be. So I thought we could maybe step back a minute and say, well, what is it that these apps can do, right? What are the general features that you can look for? Uh, maybe give you some examples of those. And then I'd like to, to certainly talk about, okay, rubber hits the road, you're going to make a decision on something, what should you be considering? So, mm-hmm. so on this, maybe first of all, let's just talk, well, what, what could I do with a mobile app that would have any connection whatsoever to fitness and how could that potentially benefit me? Um, and maybe the first thing I'll say is, you know, before any sort of wearable, and you're a great example of this because you, you have a Apple uh, watch now, but before that you said you really had no, you don't have any experience with wearables, right? You weren't using wearables for uh, interactive interactivity or even uh, fitness, but you had your, you had your phone on you and you had your phone on you all the time. And uh, so one of the things is, well, you could use the features of the phone to be able to gain some of the information that the wearable would have done. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of first and foremost is that, you, you know, your phone could do a lot of those features like, um, pedometer, right? It, it has a built-in accelerometer. So you could go into your phone, maybe pull up an app that's going to tap into the pedometer aspect of your phone and tell you at the end of the day, how many steps you took, right? Mm-hmm. You don't need a, You don't need an actual pedometer. You don't need an actual thing on your wrist. Your phone will tell you how many steps you took uh, every day. If you go and look in the health app on an, on an iOS, and I can't remember what the, uh, um, the Android side is, but I know it can tap into its accelerometer to know at the end of the day, here's how many steps you took. So you technically don't need a pedometer to do that. Okay. It's keeping track of that already. Uh, the problem is you have to have your phone on you all the time in order to get accurate data. Right. True. So, uh, but it's got a GPS built in almost every phone has GPS built in now. So if you found an app that was able to measure like how far you went on a walk or on a hike, as long as you got your, your phone with you, it's got GPS built in, so it can use its GPS sensor to be able to tell you that. So, sure, uh, yes. So you're getting some of the capabilities that you know we talked about in the last episode on a more dedicated wearable device. But some of these things you can, if you keep your phone with you everywhere you go, and it's it's with you get some of those tracking capabilities. Right. I mean, imagine you imagine you put your uh, you put your phone in your pocket and you kept it in your pocket all day long, even slept with it, you could get a lot of the movement data. Actually, you could get all the movement data. It would tell you how much you moved. You could have a sleep app that tells you whether or not your phone was moving in the middle of the night and kind of gives you an idea of whether or not you were awake or whether you were asleep. Uh, The only thing that you're not going to be able to get from the phone is you can't get some of the physiological data. You can't get heart rate, right? Now, you can. There have been some really creative ways of doing that. For example, putting your finger over the camera and uh, the camera would turn the, you turn the flash on and you'd actually kind of send light through your finger and it would try to get an estimate of how, you know, how uh, the blood, oxi- uh, blood oxygen level or even the, the heart rate, but it's super wonky. It's not like you're going to hold your phone while you're working out in order to get that. So heart rate's not yeah. going to happen, but movement. I think, you know, it's good. It's good if you are really don't want a wearable or just not in a position to get a wearable and you want to have some basic concept of how your heart rate may be. There are ways to get approximate levels. I mean, it's never going to be as super accurate as a a wearable really made for that. It's going to be, but it's at least a start. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so like I said, if you have an iOS device, 
and you haven't looked at this yet, you can go into your health app. And even if you have no watch, you have no other devices whatsoever, and you can go in and say, you know, look at the number of steps that you're taking. It's, it's keeping track. It's just we don't often look at it, right? But it's keeping track. It'll say, oh, yesterday you had 6,000 steps, but that's 6,000 steps that you had your phone on you. So if you are someone who carries your phone in your pocket to be able to get accurate data, and I would say if you're carrying it in your in a purse to where it's not actually getting the same kind of bounce that it would have got from a step, that could be a problem. But if you're someone who keeps your phone on you all day in your pocket, it's collecting pedometer data already. Uh, it's collecting GPS data. You could have an app that says, I'm going to go for a run now. Just keep your, your phone on you, and it's going to be able to track where you went, how fast you went. Um, so, so there are some things that you can get simply just from having the phone itself. Um, and, you know, I might suggest if you're really thinking about plopping down some money on, uh, on a wearable, pay attention to the data you are already getting just to make sure that that data is really helpful and is, and is motivating to you. Because if it's not, then maybe spending money on this isn't going to be, uh, be that useful. Um, there could be apps, Alan, that could tap into other kind of external sensors, uh, things like your wearable, right? Where you certainly want, if you're going to download an app that's going to be helping with fitness and you already have a wearable, you're going to want to make sure they're compatible so that it's going to pull the data in from the wearable. Because again, the wearable, the watch, the ring, the, uh, what did we talk about before? The, uh, uh, the, uh, the headphones, right? Something like that. If you're getting the data, which is going to be a more reliable, valid data because it's on you, touching your body all the time, then you're going to want to make sure that gets fed in to, uh, to those apps. So make sure they're compatible with whatever wearable that you're using. Um, mm-hmm. But also, you know, there's some incredibly cool things like um, I noticed the other day that, uh, uh, you know, if you don't have an Apple Watch, right, and, and you and I, I think, have the Apple Watch 3. We both have the Series 3, which doesn't have the ability to do kind of a, uh, a heart rate scan, right, and to be able to do kind of that, that full-on uh, heart scan. But yet there are little extra devices that you can buy, plug into your phone that allow you to do that. Like it touches two sensors and it does kind of a full EKG for you. Um, that's kind of cool, right? So would the app be able to tap into some sort of external uh, device that you might buy? Maybe a mm-hmm. sensor that you're putting on your um, on your shoes, a uh, sensor that you're putting on your bike so that you get a little bit more information. And so if you're looking for an app, make sure you take into account all the sensors and external things that you have so that you don't have to manually put those things in. You want to make sure they, they sync up and connect. Right. That is important to read up on because I, you know, there's been some times I've downloaded apps, granted they've been free apps or ones to try out, but they don't connect with the Apple watch. They don't work with the watch or they don't work with some other device you may have. Uh, So you really need to understand, are are they going to work with your wearable? If you have one, if you don't have a wearable, Will they still function and do something just on the phone itself? And yeah. just yeah. take some reading because uh, there is a mixture of different fitness apps that requires things and some that don't work with anything required at all. Yeah. So uh, I'm making sure you've got something that's going to work with what you have. Yeah. I mean, in kind of the easiest answer is, well, you know, I bought this Garmin watch or I bought this Fitbit and it comes with its own Fitbit app and fit or Garmin app. That's great, but you realize those also might be limited and that they don't want you using lots of other devices because they want you using their device. So you might have yeah. to check and say, well, if I use this Garmin app, which is free, 
with the, the purchase of my Garmin, am I going to be able to use other sensors or am, am I going to be able to use other information and be able to add in to get my holistic? What I, what I think you really don't want is you don't want five or six different apps doing fitness things that you have to continue to bounce between to try to get an idea of what's happening. You'd like them to be able to sync in together. So um, on that note, though, there are a number of things that a wearable won't do for you, Alan, although I wish it would. Um, I wish I wish I had a wearable that would tell me what I'm eating every day or how many how many times I've uh, was drinking water or, you know, all of that that automatically did it. So if that's important to me, yeah, absolutely. Right. There's well, going to be there'll be some way to do it. Yeah, yeah there's going to be eventually. But now you're actually going to be required to do that manually. So I think. If that's something that's important to you, make sure that your the app that you're looking at allows manual entry or manual override. So let's say uh, my my watch died and I then had to put it on the charger, but I still went out for my my run that day. I need to be able to manually come back and add that, hey, I ran this amount if I want to keep up with my monthly miles or I want to keep up with you know what I'm doing. So having something that allows some manual override, uh, but that it's not all manual. You need some automatic bringing it of info, but allow you to, uh, to change things like, Hey, here's what I ate today. Here's the uh, number of times that I had water today. If that's something that's really important to you, um, you know, here's the, uh, here's the, the time that I sat down and relaxed a little bit. You want to keep track of some of those things. So, uh, yeah. I think manual entry well, I go in and manually enter in that I, I did 10,000 steps today. I mean, I, <laughs> you know, my, that's my, I do that every night after dinner and just go in manually one zero 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 steps and like yeah, check. Yeah. Great. Because it's awesome because it lets me kind of meet my goals to say, did you walk that many steps today? And I say, yes. By and your watch, your watch is all, always very impressed, right? It's like, how did that it's happen? Good. Considering you've been wearing me all, all day. <laughs> I get all the little uh, icons and badges and things that it gives me. It's great. So yep, it's a lot of fun. Yep. It's great. <laughs> Alan, I didn't know you were a marathon runner, but you just ran two of them, two of them yesterday. That's great. Um, <laughs> so I think manual input is helpful. Maybe it's not uh, completely legitimate in every reason, but uh, but being able to, to have an app that allows you to, to include some other information. Uh, hopefully everything sure. gets in together. Um, Kind of another important piece, most of these apps nowadays are going to be probably a free version and then also a paid version. So there's going to be some sort of service and you want to take a look and see all the all the reasons you clicked on this app to try to download it. Are all those things going to be available to you in the free version or are you willing to kind of go to the paid version? I mean, it could be the free version just says, hey, I'll, I'll collect data, but the paid version gives you workouts or tells you what to do next or coaches you um, or maybe it unlocks some other features. So kind of be aware that several of those are out there and that uh, always pay attention to what's the, you know, what's the uh, free version? What can I get? Am I going to have to deal with ads, all of that? And then uh, whether or not I'm willing to, to pay for the upgrade service. So yeah. Uh, Last thing I'll mention, and this is usually goes along with those services, but to me, I think some of the best apps are ones that provide some level of interactivity. And it's not just you giving the app something, but the app giving you something, whether it's notifications, hey, you just did your goal, or hey, you're halfway there, or you know, we're we're eleven o'clock at night and you're nowhere close to your goal, or are you planning on getting off the couch, right? You want something that's actually gonna give you some info. Um, 
because that's where behavioral change is going to happen, right? Where you actually have some interactivity and it's not just you remembering because you're going to get bored of entering in your things. But if you start getting feedback of, hey, great job, you know, your nutrition was right yesterday, keep entering that in or here's a way to improve that. That's going to be, I think, the motivation to change if you're looking for change. So. So really just, you know, I, I think it's really important to read up on the apps that you're, that you're going to try if they have a way of a, a down, a free version to download and put on your phone and try out for a while. As we certainly recommend that yep. as opposed to just jumping right in. And like you said, I mean, explore what the apps will do because I've seen some apps I'm amazed I did not know would do certain other features. And I was really close to actually getting a different app yep. to do those same yep. features. But obviously, if you can get one uh, as few or as few apps as possible to do all the things you need to do or want to do, that's what's key. And then just be mindful that it may cost you if you want some of those yeah. higher level features that these apps will provide as well. So, no, I think that's that's a great way to look at it. Go and do your research on the possibilities, then yeah. try to do a checklist of those and say, these are the things I think I really would use and benefit from, and then try to find one that allows that to happen in a, in a really good way. Uh, Alan, I, I did... Just think of another one I should mention, and we'll talk about this in our next deep dive when we talk about services. Um, but it's also kind of important not not just to potentially have the coaching, but a lot of these apps have now really started to tap into the social aspect, which I think is fantastic for motivation. Right? There's a big difference if I can see, yeah, gamifying your 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 fitness yeah, and, and exercising. Yeah. It, competing with others, sharing your right. stats with others. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, having a way to post what you just did so that you at least get some kudos from someone else, which might motivate you to do it again. Right. I mean, I, I think we all know that fitness and health, if it was easy, we'd all be doing it. Right. But it's not easy. And we're more tempted to not be active than we are to be active oftentimes. So any little tricks that you can kind of put in place and, and I will say, Really important that if you're someone who needs that motivation, find an app that will change the feedback and engagement it provides. For example, if you just have a Fitbit and your Fitbit is, uh, the app is telling you, here's the number of steps you had today and here's the uh, here's where you are for the week, that's going to get old pretty quick, right? But if you have something that's constantly changing on, hey, listen, we haven't done this in a while why don't you try doing this today? Or that was really great. Why don't we post that so that you can get feedback from some of your friends about what you just did. So now all of a sudden it's, all right, I'm changing things. I'm not just getting the same. Hey, great. I got my 10,000. Awesome. Because that's going to get old, right? Just like every bit of fitness tends to get old for people. So, yeah. All right. Well, Brian, what's some examples of, of some apps? I mean, I'm just curious. I mean, I know there's tons of them out there and we don't need to kind of rattle off all the apps out there. And there's some great ones, both from well-known company names and from independent uh, companies making apps too. But are just some examples of how apps are kind of uh, helping with health and fitness that we want to just throw out for? Well, I mean, so, so let's talk about kind of just a broad range of things, Alan. I mean, we've talked so far, we've really been focusing on fitness, I think, but you know, what about mental health as well or mental well-being, right? There's some really cool apps out there like Calm. You guys have heard of Calm, I'm sure. Right? That's They've they promoted themselves quite a bit. Uh, that's an app that kind of allows you to do some meditation every day or finding, you know, a calm time throughout the day. And it's kind of encouraging you not to just, you know, keep running yourself into the ground. Uh, Headspace is another one of those. Uh, Headspace, I think, does a really good job of kind of encouraging motivation or uh, meditation to happen throughout the day. So I think those are great. 
Um, unfortunately, I think most of those are completely separate from the fitness apps. So rarely we get one that kind of builds total mental health and physical health altogether. That would be uh, nice. Yeah. It would be nice. And, it, and I think you have to pay a little more for some of those that may do that. But um, if you're interested in some really good fitness ones, so tracking of fitness and you know, uh, tracking of, of workouts, uh, Strava, S-T-R-A-V-A, uh, I know is uh, really well known. I've used it a couple of times, although I, I haven't had the need for it uh, too much myself. But if you're into cycling, running, swimming, keeping track of workouts, designing new workouts, setting up uh, kind of these uh, these plans for yourself, Strava is a good one. Um, you know, I have to say, Alan, the, the workout app on the Apple Watch is really good. Right. I, I kind of I kind of downplayed it when I when we first got it, because I was like, oh, I'm used to Garmin and Garmin is just outstanding in terms of its fitness. But what I love about it is, uh, you know, the workout app is there's a social aspect to it. Right. You can be sharing your your workouts with someone so that just automatically once you finish a workout, they at least get to see that you did. So I see that notice come in that Alan just got off the couch and I'm like damn it, I need to get off the couch too, right? And then I can kind of get moving a little bit, right? That's the only, the only ones I ever received from you though. And I don't know what else you're doing. Well, what it is, Brian, I'll be honest. I have two two different accounts. I share with you the one account. Uh, the account where I actually do all my activity and workouts is a separate one. I, I need to get around to sharing that one with you. The one you're seeing where it shows very, very minimal activity and very, very minimal steps uh, no, that's just, a, that's a, that's a dummy account. I just, uh, that's a watch. I just leave at home sitting on the nightstand. So just, yeah. Just like, yeah. You just wear it right before bed, right after you get up and that's yeah. it. Yeah. 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 That makes, that makes well, total sense because now I understand. I will yeah. say in all honesty, yeah, I, I use, you know, the workout app and the Apple health app that's yeah. built in phone. Uh, that's all I use really for fitness stuff. And yeah, I'm sure I could probably be doing a lot more and there's probably some other apps that are a lot more detailed, like you said, but I'm really happy with just kind of out of the box. It's ready to go. The Apple health app on the phone and how it works with the, uh, the workout app on my watch. It's nice that it's just there. It's already built into the operating system. I don't have to worry about a new download or new, uh, new apps to get. And it gives me uh, for what my needs are, everything I, I need to see and track. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I'll, I'll say you, you mentioned the help. That one, I think, is they do a really good job. Google has their own kind of a Google Fit app now, which I think uh, also kind of incorporates lots of these different things together. But no, the Apple Health app is really good. What I what I really like about the Apple Health app for those that haven't kind of uh, used that, if you're an iOS user, is is just that downloading other apps that gather data can also be synced into the health app. So it's, it's, it's basically a way of gathering all this information that you might be getting from different sensors, from different apps, and it'll put it in there. So if you have another app that you really like that tracks your, your runs, or you can set up a run in advance. So I decided to use that one. As long as you sync the two of them, then whenever you go for a run on that Strava app, it's going to then pull that data in as part of your daily health information in your health app. So I think that's outstanding. That's the way these things should happen, right? They should all talk together. Because if I go for that run, I want everybody, all of my apps to know that I went for that run so that it kind of helps with the um, the overall uh, the fitness uh, feedback that I'm getting. So 
I think that's a good one. Uh, one, I won't talk a lot about it now because it's going to be my bit in a little bit is my fitness pal. I think that's really, really good. It's a, a way to kind of build in nutrition and workouts. Um, uh, there's another one, uh, called, uh, Swerkit, S-W-O-R-K-I-T. And I think that actually stands for simple, simple work, simple workout or something like that. Um, but I looked into that one and it's a, it's a great app for people who just want to get started in exercise. It provides some really kind of foundational exercises. You can go in there and you can say, show me this kind of exercise, yoga, you know, uh, a basic leg workout. And it'll give you some videos and some instructions on how to do those and help you kind of put together a, a workout. There is a there is a paid subscription to that, which we'll talk about in our in our next deep dive. Um, but that one, even at the free level, I think still gives you some some workouts that you can use, uh, which I think is is pretty cool. So, yeah, I mean, there are yeah. tons of apps on app stores on all platforms, a lot of choices and. You know, I, my only recommendation would be just to add to the mix is just look at the ratings, look at some of the mm-hmm. feedback and reviews that people make because there's tons out there. And, you know, there's most of the ones I've seen are, are good and seem to be well received. And it's really whatever matches your personal needs and personality and uh, level of complexity you want on any of these apps. But uh, yeah. just yeah. definitely check into them. And, and I would say before you plug down any dollars anywhere, for sure, make sure it's going to give you what you want and that the reviews of other people uh, have been uh, seem pretty positive. So. Yeah. No. And that last part you just said, it's absolutely true. Don't spend money on features that you haven't either tested out or you really don't see a need for. Um, I mean, I, I would say there, there are some apps, are there some features out there that you may not know that you would like, and you may not know that you would really get a benefit. Cause one of the things about fitness, Alan, that I see a lot is that, uh, and again, I'm, I am not the fittest of person. I, I, I need to, uh, to improve that as well. But you find that people who have struggled with fitness oftentimes get in their ruts. And if you're in a rut, sometimes that rut doesn't inspire you, right? So if you're someone that says, oh, no, all I need to know is my heart rate. Okay, I'm good. I, I just need to know my heart rate. Well, that's good. But if your fitness isn't where you needed to be, has heart rate really helped you up to now? So if all you're doing is looking at your heart rate and your fitness isn't going where it needs to go or where you want it to go, maybe it's time to look at some other kind of motivator, right? So, but make sure that you understand what it is going to do before you plop down money for it. Cause you can easily get sunk in like a fitness, it's fitness gym. Don't go join a gym that a few months from now you're not using very much and you're spending a lot of money on, make sure that they have the features that you want. And that's what these apps I think are great. They're kind of like your digital, digital fitness center, right? You want to make sure that they're actually helping you to make better choices and to, to, to feel better every day. Um, so make sure you look into, uh, those options. Um, well, should we talk about just generally, what should you consider Alan, you know, if you're going yeah, to choose a, 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 app? a little bit, sure. Yeah. yeah. So what things, uh, you know, if people are saying, Hey, look, I want to go start exploring some new apps or really kind of uh, using the tools I've already got to, to track fitness and, and my, uh, my goals and, uh, my overall health, kind of what, what should they be really keeping in mind before they go forward on that? Yeah. I mean, I think you mentioned the first one, which is, is make sure that as you're looking into one of these apps, that you actually understand what your goal is going to be, right? Yeah. They actually try to figure out what am I trying to get out of this? Do I want someone coaching me? 
Do I want to just know more information? Do I want to see tracking over time? Do I want to see how I compare to others? Do I want to interact with others socially? What is it that you want to do? Because that's going to really gear you to some apps versus others, right? So figure out what your purpose, what your goal is first. Uh, Is it for weight loss or is it for mental health? Is it for, uh, you know, uh, triathlon training or for, you know, just uh, trying to, to, you know, step up your workouts to, you know, having that happen a couple times a week. So the level at which your goals are, will probably gear you to certain uh, apps versus others. You know, is it a price? Is there something you have to pay? And if so, is it one, we've talked about this before, Alan, are you interested in a subscription model where you may be paying a very little bit per month, or are you willing to put more down on the app to begin with? And I, this is one where I have to say, I'm a little different than I was when we first talked about the subscription thing because mm-hmm. it was something like fitness. If I just go and say, I'm going to buy that app, maybe it was a $30 app and this thing is going to give me the motivation that I need going forward. You got to realize that that's probably going to be in a few months, something that didn't change because you bought this app and you're at one-time purchase, which means it's probably not being updated and kept up and new and exciting. So this is one of those situations. If you are going to put money into it, I would say maybe a subscription model might be helpful. The least subscription is going to be changing constantly. And it's when that's what fitness needs, that's what health needs, right? It needs something to continue to mix it up and motivate you. So, um, and hopefully you can find a free one that does that as well. And that's great. Some of them are free and can do just enough without paying for them. Um, can you customize it, right? Is this something that you're going to want to change, integrate with other things, right? Is it is a uh, is it an app that just does one thing? You know, I, I saw a hydration app, for example. You pull up the app and you say, here's how many glasses of water I did today. And that's mm-hmm. all it does. But it doesn't yeah. integrate with anything else. It's like, I'm going to forget to do that. But yeah. if it's an app that when I do that, it also says, and when did it happen? And what's happening? And when did you work out? And okay, well, now that makes sense. So is there interactivity? Is there some sort of customization? What's the user interface? Is that appealing to you? Is yeah. it easy I mean, to enter information? If it's something that you're expecting to use every day or on a very, very really regular basis, you really want an app that's fun to use and, and, yeah. and easy to use and has a good interface for it. So, right. Yeah. Well, for example, and if I if I gave you a, a nutrition app and said, hey, this is how you enter in your nutrition, but you get into the app and you realize, oh, I have to actually pull up the the nutrition label on the on the the box. I have to enter in the numbers for each one of them. Well, that's not you're not going to do that long. You're not going to do that, and it's not going to be worth doing. But if it was something that's like, hey, I scan a barcode, boom, it's in. Well, now that's a whole lot easier, right? Simplicity, uh, interactivity is, is a little easier. Um, yeah. Make sure that whatever app you you use does sync with other apps that you're planning on using. So if you're an Apple user and you're planning on doing the health app as your overall view of your health, make sure that this app will sync with health. Um, if you're a Google Fit, make sure it syncs with Google Fit. And if they don't work with those, then you're not going to want to balance eight different you know, apps, it's just not going to happen. It's, it's kind of deciding what's, what's your main health and fitness hub app. And then will the other apps I want to use tie into it? And they're all going to be very clear in their description. So it works with uh, Apple health, it works with uh, the things and uh, yeah, feeds right into it. Maybe the last two things I'll say Uh, one, 
well, hopefully, hopefully it does integrate with any sort of wearable that you have or you plan to get in the future. Again, we talked about it. This this could be your first step into getting a wearable one day. Let me go ahead and just get an get an app where I'm using my phone to get pedometer data, something. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to be really locked into an app and then buy a wearable and the wearable doesn't interact with the app because now you're having to switch your integration. So make sure it will interact with lots of different bands with the bands that will come in, uh, bring data in on its own. And then my last tip and consideration, um, and unfortunately you won't be able to know much about this unless you just do some research on it or test it out. Some of these, some of these apps will constantly be running in the background because they're either using your pedometer data or they're using your GPS data and they become battery drain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's not what you want. Um, if you do want that, you want to make sure that it's the benefit outweighs the cost, right? That what you're getting out of that constant running is worth the fact that your, you know, phone's wearing down constantly now. So, yeah, that is a good point. Cause I mean, if something is tracking your steps, it's tracking your movement. I mean, it is running all the time and collecting that data. Um, by default, the Apple Health on an iPhone is doing that in the background already. Right. So again, if you're adding more apps into the mix that are doing the same kind of things, you are adding a lot of wear and tear to your phone on a daily basis. So yeah, battery. And now that's, that's a really good point because if you can get an app that actually doesn't gather new data but just taps into your watches, uh, your phone's data that it already gathers, that's the best method, right? It's like it says, oh, well, here's how many steps you had today because I just looked in you know, right. the, the, the systems database, I didn't go gather new information. I didn't turn on the accelerometer or, you know, make sure that the accelerometer is running double time here. Right. Which again, I, uh, probably isn't the case for the most part. So, yeah. so anyway, I but, think those are things to consider. You know, a lot of these, uh, you know, a lot of your mobile devices now will do some, uh, battery analysis for you after so many days of running yep. and say, Hey, by the way, 23% of your battery uh, consumption is from this one app. And if it's one of these fitness apps, again, you just got to do the, calculation was it worth it is it worth it to have the battery drain are you getting the kind of data you want or did you maybe install one of these fitness apps and you have aren't really using it on a regular basis but it's still running and dragging yeah. down your battery on a daily basis that may be a good time to try to get rid of that one so yep. yeah yeah and, and okay. usually a, a real quick little search through blogs you know if you're looking at you know the so-and-so fitness app just doing a quick so-and-so fitness app usability or battery drain. And you can see if there's a lot of things that are popping up, then that's maybe a concern. So, All right. So some good things to keep in mind if you're going to jump into the idea of getting a mobile app or apps to help you manage and track your fitness. And again, this is really helpful, whether you have a wearable device or not. Again, some of the, yep. many of these apps will work without a wearable device, meaning you don't have to have a watch or a band. Um, and even the one I'm going to mention is my brother's and tech suggestion in a minute does not need, uh, any other device other than your phone, which is kind of nice to know as well. So speaking of brother's tech suggestions, Brian, I'm going to just have us take a really, really short break. I know it's late in the episode, but we'll just take a quick, take a quick little break. When we come back, we do have our brothers and tech suggestions. Brian and I both have a app that we are going to be recommending you check out, uh, on this topic of mobile apps for health and fitness. So stay tuned for that. Uh, We'll be right back with the Brothers in Tech suggestions in just a moment. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, 
visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. Welcome back to Brothers in Tech. This is Alan and Brian Jackson, and we've been talking health and fitness mobile apps on this deep dive episode today uh, in our overall topic of health and fitness for uh, with technology uh, on a technology basis. So, Brian, we uh, went through a lot of examples of kind of you, you talked us through some different mobile apps, what they can do for helping with health and fitness, some different types of uh, things they can be doing for us, some considerations and things we should keep in mind whenever we're using these apps for tracking or monitoring or analyzing health and fitness aspects. So it really is time for us now to give our brothers in tech suggestions. And that is where Brian and I both independently have a suggestion we want to make of an app, or in this case, it will be a mobile app because we're talking mobile apps in general. Uh, that has to do with the topic at hand. So Brian, you've been talking this whole episode. So is it okay if I go ahead and jump in first? Please, right? Make yourself useful, Alan. I got to prove my value a little bit in this show, at least. For this whole month, I'm really at a... I'm really uh, dragging dragging the line a little bit here. I am not supplying a lot of helpful information because I'm really looking to you to kind of be that that source. But I can at least give a suggestion. Um, I already recommended and said I use Apple Health in the workout app. The default one is tracking my health and fitness. And I'm happy with that. That's really all I need. Everything I've got is there. But there's one aspect that I don't feel like um, there's a lot that I'm provided on just the, the, the normal Apple health or uh, uh, watch app. And that's when it comes to sleep. They did roll out with the latest uh, watch OS update where uh, on the Apple watch that it will do some sleep and analysis for you. And I tried it out and I have been trying to get out for a while and it's fine. I mean, you do wear your watch at night. It will kind of uh, track your sleep and uh, information and give you, how much time you slept during the night and when you wake up, when you went to bed, all of that. But I, I really, some, there was a time period where I was really wanting to understand my sleep a lot more. I really wanted to get some more analysis behind how constructive my sleep was. And even things like understanding, you know, I snore. How is, how is that snoring affecting my sleep possibly? So there's an app I was using for a good while, and I'm probably going to go back to using it again here before too long. And it is called Sleep Cycle. So C-Y-C-L-E, Sleep Cycle. It is an app that has both a free version and you can buy a more premium level of it as well. And really what, what's great about this app is I love the interface, first off. I just think it's a lot of fun to use. It's a very uh, pleasing interface. I think it makes sense. It gives you some great analysis that as soon as you hop in there. What you're doing in this whole process is you are setting your you know, you can have it be your alarm clock. You can have it be your reminder of when you need to try to go to sleep based on what kind of sleep goal you have for the evening. It'll do your wake up in the morning, just like the Apple watch would do naturally. But the difference here is that you don't have to have a watch. Okay. So you don't have to have a wearable. You just need your iPhone. And what you do is you set your iPhone next to your bedside as close as you can to where you are sleeping, but it doesn't have to be in the bed with you. And it's listening. It is listening for all the noises that helps understand how your sleep is going. And uh, it can tell when you move. It can tell when you're snoring or not. It can tell all the things it needs to from listening and help analyze your sleep from that. So when you wake up the next morning, it is giving you some some nice dynamics on, uh, hey, this is how much sleep you got. And based on that, 
Uh, this is how we feel like your quality of sleep was throughout the evening. Were, were you tossing and turning a lot? Were you, uh, you know, starting and stop, stopping with snoring? Where Was it able to detect that you had some moments where your sleep was interrupted? And it's able to analyze that for you. So even at a free level, it works pretty good. And it does feed into the Apple Health app. So if you want to use your Apple Health app as an overall source of information, Sleep Cycle does work with it. Now, if you want to pay for the premium level, it is $30 a year, which you know comes down to like $2 in some sense per month. Uh, it is nice at the premium level. Some of the things that it gives you is uh, it will actually help you. It could record uh, your sounds, your snoring sounds. So you can actually listen to them the next day and kind of get a sense of how bad they are. I mean, I, it's kind of scary if you ask me, but if that's something of interest to you. I have never heard myself snore. Uh, my wife says I do, but I've never heard it, so I don't, I don't think it happened. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yep. I think yep. everybody around me is snoring. It's all a big conspiracy to make me feel bad, but really, yep. I don't. So, yep. um, but another thing it does when it's recording the sounds, it's also recording other sounds that may be around your environment. So, like, it's letting you know, hey, there was this sound, like a baby's crying, if you have a child in the house. And that actually affected your sleep that actually, you know, woke you up or not, or maybe a dog barking or something else. So it gives you a rundown on all the sounds it heard and kind of helps you interpret what might've affected your sleep. So maybe there's a sound going on in your house that you didn't even realize is actually affecting your sleep. It gives you a lot of comparison against other worldly statistics. So you can kind of see how your sleep is compared to others in the, in the country. Um, and it lets you track your mood when you wake up. So it kind of kind of reconciles if you wake up and you're like, man, I feel pretty good. I feel refreshed. It's going to log that in the diary and kind of map that against your sleep. So the $30 a year version actually has a lot of really cool features that I think if you're really wanting to get into analyzing your sleep, that's probably the way to go. Yeah. But if you just have a really good um, show me how much time I get sleep per night and give me a nice alarm uh, to wake up to and a nice reminder of what time to go to bed at night to get my ideal sleep. Uh, sleep cycles are pretty good at the free version as well. So um, Apple's Apple's built-in sleep things that they rolled out with this latest update, uh, it's fine. It, it's, it's, it gives you a little bit of information, but it's not going to go as deep as this app does. So that's yeah, nice. cycle for the iPhone. I don't know if there's an Android version. I, I did not look to see. Uh, there uh, is, yes. Yep, so iOS or Android, that would yep. be uh, my, my pick on a sleep cycle app. So that's that's good to yeah. know because I can tell you, I think I mentioned to you uh, in the last episode on wearables, I don't like wearing my watch to, to bed. I don't like having my Apple Watch when I'm sleeping because I, I sleep yeah. with my hand under my head and all of that. And it, you know, it's, I just, I don't sleep. Like it, you don't have to. Right, yes, right. Like so it. I'm I'm looking for something now that will allow me to to give some sleep data without wearing my watch, which I think is great. Um, I think the key is if you can have your phone um, powered on, like or yeah. charging, you know, but yet it's also it needs to lay flat mm-hmm. with the microphone kind of pointing towards you uh, in your bed. So yeah. yeah, I think that works. Let me ask you though, what can what if you are you have someone else in the bed with you? Right? Do yeah. they? Is their snowing? Does it recognize the difference between them, or is that a problem? Supposedly, it detects, and it, okay. it, it's going to go with where it's the closest to. Okay. So, as long yeah. as it's closest to you, it's picking okay. up you only. Um, 
Yeah, it says that it, it's smart enough to know that, you know, whether it's two people in the bed and not going to pick up the other person or it's going to filter that out. You don't have to tell it in advance, like, hey, there are two people here, so be on the lookout for two different sounds. You didn't, you didn't ask you that. I don't remember when I did the setup for the app. Yeah. I mean, there was like a walkthrough process when you get started. I can't remember if I actually told it that or not, but yeah. um, I mean, it's that is great. One- Super cool, right? That it's able to distinguish between your snoring and outside noises anyway. So I'm sure it probably can recognize different levels of snoring, you know, of different people. I mean, my dog sleeps in our bed with us. If my dog is uh, snoring, I'm hoping it won't recognize that that's the case. You know, I used an app like this uh, several years ago, and that app would actually require you to plug your phone in, put your phone underneath the uh, sheet on the mattress and it would recognize when you're moving, right? It would kind of take the accelerometer and it kind of recognize what's going on. But if you happen to be with someone else who moves a lot, the whole bed moves and all of a sudden it's recognizing, Oh, it's saying what that wasn't, you were, you were up all night, right? Which it might've been just half the case. So this, this sounds really cool. I'll have to check it out. So yeah, the sleep cycle is really cool. I would encourage you to try the free version and, you know, 30 bucks a year is not a terribly high cost for it. If, uh, if, if any of the premium features sound like they would be helpful at all. So yeah, I think awesome. it's worth it. Yeah. That's cool. What about you, Brian? What well, do you got? So I, uh, I have two, one of them, I'll talk a lot of the other one. I'm just going to briefly mention, but I mentioned this earlier. The, my fitness pal, um, is an app that, uh, I, I've used it off and on. And every time I go to use it, I remember how good it is and I really need to use it more. Um, it's, it, it allows you to collect data, about lots of different aspects of fitness. So it'll include your your workouts and everything. It taps into the workouts that you may be putting in um, through your watch or through the uh, uh, the phone itself. But what I love about MyFitnessPal is nutrition tracking. And it's got a, a, a great built-in database of nutrition um, or food that you could be eating. So you can really, really easily go in and search for what you just had to eat you know, Chef Boyardee, uh, beefaroni, boom, you know, it shows up and then you say, great, I had, I had one can of that. And then all of a sudden it logs all the nutrition that came from that or didn't come from that. Um, Hmm. you can, you can say, I went to eat at, you know, a particular restaurant and it's got a lot of their menu items built in too. So you could say, you know, Applebee's at this particular thing, and it'll allow you to be able to search for a lot of those items. So if you're someone who would like to take a look at nutrition and see, you know, what kind of calorie intake you really do have every day and you're willing to be honest with it, it's a manual input. You can tell it, you know, here's what I had. Uh, of course, it can't check that automatically, but it's going to then be able to input a lot of that information for you. And it's it's really eye-opening. You know, if you haven't tracked, done nutrition tracking before, it's incredibly, uh, well, can be scary sometimes where you were thinking, oh, of course I'm staying within my 2,000 calories a day that I'm trying to hit. And then you realize, nope, I just got all of that in one meal. And because I was being upfront and honest about how many servings of that I had. So uh, there is a, there's a watch app, which I haven't used too much, but there's a watch app for it. So if you're using the MyFitnessPal, you pull up your watch and say, I just did this, you know, and kind of enter in, um, you know, maybe your favorite meals, you can have them built in. So you say, yep, just add that again, just add that again. And it's a quick entry because I can tell you, you will not stick with a nutrition logging system if it requires a lot of time to do it because yeah. you'll give up on it after a while. You'll say, no, I'm not doing it for a while. I was doing it every night 
I would just at night kind of track back and go, okay, for breakfast, I did this for lunch. I did this. And it gave me a good idea. And of course, just learning from it saying, wow, that's, that's the amount, you know, I thought I ate too much today, but that actually was right on what I should be handling given the calories that I am burning. Right. Cause it also mm-hmm. takes into account your workouts you did, the amount of walking you did. And it will say to you, you've got X amount of calories left because you're on the good now, right? You've burned more than mm-hmm. you've, you've put in. So of course, right. you know, weight loss is going to happen. So if you've got things like, here's my target, I'd like to lose this amount of weight. It can give you heads up as to whether or not you're over-consuming, under-consuming, whether your workouts are needed to offset that. So I think it's a, a really, really good system. They do have a, um, a payable service, um, which I haven't used, uh, $50 a year for the premium. I haven't had a need for it, but it's where it actually would give you fitness and nutrition plans. So if you're somebody who doesn't want to just input, but you actually want to be told what to do because of that input, um, then I think it's a, a great step to do. It's kind of like a Weight Watchers, but it also builds in, um, you know, the fitness that you're, you're, uh, performing as well. So, I just use the free one, always have, and it's been great for me. It's very easy to enter in the meals that you had and the quantity that you had of each one. So uh, it's a great. So my fitness pal, um, give it, give the free, give the free one a, a try. I don't, yeah, unless you really get into it, I don't see the need to to pay for the premium until you, you know, use this for a good few weeks and realize that you're willing to keep doing it. So, um, Alan, the other one I'll mention is really for you because I know that you, you know, have, have been claiming that fitness is not necessarily, you know, the, uh, uh, the, the high on your, uh, high on your list, you know, given your last, uh, bit was about, you know, a TV show to watch, but, uh, no, and, yeah, I, yeah. and I, and I yeah, joke, I know you, you, you do work out, you do go to the gym. Um, but I can tell you for, for any of you who do not have that much time to work out, which I think is probably a lot of us, right. I would suggest downloading the seven minute workout app and you may kind of laugh at that and say, Oh, what kind of workout can you get at seven minute? This is something that's been around a while. Kind of, it's a, it's a workout that someone created that has uh, kind of caught fire and people are using it at all different um, formats. You can find this online. You can go on a web browser and just type in seven minute app, or you can download an app that's doing it. There's lots of different apps that will tap into this, but when I, you know, if I, in the morning, I feel like I got to do something, but I don't have a lot of time. I'm not going to go to the gym. I'm not going to take all this effort to do that. Uh, the seven minute workout is kind of nice. And then you can have it on your watch. You can have it just on the phone. Um, you can even have it, by the way, through your smart device, your Alexa, your Google home to where it'll lead you through it. But, you know, what the seven minute app is, is basically our seven minute workout. It's basically, I think, 12 exercises that you do for 30 seconds a piece, you get 10 seconds break in between. And so it just leads you through kind of this high intensity. And there are things that everybody can do. The beauty of the seven minute workout is that you can do it as fast or as intense as you want, right? So it includes things like the uh, doing a plank, uh, doing push-ups, doing uh, step-ups, doing squats. You don't need any extra equipment except a chair to step up on. Um, mm-hmm. And it just leads you through and say, hey, here you go, start. And then it'll count down to, all right, 10 seconds left. And boom, stop. Now go and get ready for this. Start 10, 30 seconds later. The reason I like it is that that seven minutes 
I know I'm going to be able to push myself as hard as I want to do it. So I could do the same thing tomorrow and feel much better and go a little harder. Uh, have someone who's not in shape can still do all of these things and just doesn't have to do as many reps as someone else. So uh, hmm. it's an easy way to get a very quick workout in. You don't need a lot of uh, time and it's, it's great. And it's kind of made in a sequence to, you know, really uh, by the end of it, you're, 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 you're going to be gassed. You're going to be, if you really push yourself. So, um, so I would suggest See, trying I'm, to not, work out. I'm not interested in that part of it. So I, uh, <laughs> You lost me as soon as it, you said I'd be gas at the end. So I, uh, not well, interested in that. You're as gas. Is there as a workout you that, you do. how's that? Is there a workout that doesn't physically tax you in any way, shape or form? So yeah, let's go my, back to your last bit, right? Watching, <laughs> uh, watching Apple TV plus, um, yeah, uh, yeah. I think uh, those two, if my fitness pal, I think is fantastic. Seven minute workouts, a nice way of, uh, I will say one, one quick little note about the seven minute workout. I have a buddy who, uh, he and I share our workouts with each other. So when we do a workout, it automatically sends him an update like you and I have done, Alan. <laughs> and he does make fun of me when I do my seven minute workout where it notifies him says, Oh, Brian just did a workout for seven minutes and burned 46 calories or something, mm -hmm, <laughs> something right. crazy. He'll send it back and be like, way to really rock it, Brian. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> you have to, you have to tell people that by the way, that was on purpose and I'll get a, another workout in later, but yeah. uh, I think it's a great way to, to, to at least get into the, uh, the workout regime without spending a lot of time. So, that's awesome. Yep. Very cool. All right. Well, that's our brothers and tech suggestions for this episode, talking about mobile apps for health and fitness. And Brian, thanks again for sharing some knowledge and information with us. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to keep letting you kind of coast through uh, these next couple deep dives as we still have a, another one or two to do on, uh, on the health and fitness side of things. I will be the uh, very uh, studious uh, people here, ready to learn and listen and ask questions as we go along. Happy and, to do uh, it. Happy to do it. I'm, I'm I think next time we'll talk about was that I'm relishing this opportunity. So I'm happy to do it. Yeah, is, I'm sure you are. Um, next time we're going to talk about some of the online services that you can actually uh, get into that are beyond just an app. They're actual uh, actual fitness services and nutrition, relaxation, and so on, and uh, some of those that we can kind of talk through and, and explore a bit in our next deep dive episode. Um, but Brian, if anybody wanted to talk to us or, or kind of follow up or ask questions more specifically about anything you talked about during this episode, what uh, what should they do? Yeah, email us at uh, info at themesh.tv. Send us your uh, fitness, uh, fitness apps that you really like, because uh, again, there's so many of them out there. We'd love to hear some... Uh, uh, some uh, recommendations from you, things that you've tried, things that you didn't like, um, so that we know how to uh, how to advise people in the future. Uh, and tell us uh, specifically what kind of topics you want us to jump into in the future. After we get done with fitness, where do you want us to go? Uh, if you have some some ideas, we'd love to we'd love to hear them. So we're always looking for more things to talk about. So uh, that's info at themesh.tv. Okay. Very, very good. And with that, we're going to go and wrap up today's episode, but we will be back soon with another deep dive episode on the health and fitness category of our podcast. And uh, thanks so much for listening. We'll look forward to talking to you next time. Take care. Bye-bye.
You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.